and welcome to Stargirl Podcast Season 2 at last. Uh, I'm Lizzie and I'm here with Angie who was only gone for one week so she didn't even give you guys time to miss her. So, uh, but uh, we are very, very excited to be talking about Stargirl Season 2. You guys all know we love Season 1 and we have high hopes for Season 2. Um, and after this first episode, I kind of feel like our high hopes are it, like it's all gonna pay off. Don't you feel the same, Angie? Yeah, because like we talked about, season one was just like such a perfect season, and like the pilot episode, especially of season one, is such a strong example of a pilot episode. So we knew that season two, episode one, was gonna have like big shoes to fill, right? Because it has to set up the entire like rest of the season and is it still going to be just as high quality as season one even though like they've changed production right like because they moved to cw and we were worried about where is the money coming from is it still gonna be high quality like we don't know and i feel like the answer to all the questions is yes it's still going to be just as good yes it still knows how they know how to set up a season because we're here for this right lizzie Absolutely. Like the episode was very much set up, but it wasn't a boring setup episode, which was the first the same thing we said about the pilot in season one. Like you can clearly see this episode is setting up stuff, um, but it's doing it in a way like I, I I remember how I felt about the characters like pretty quickly. I caught on I caught on to my feelings and I was like, oh, my baby Rick, why? Oh, Courtney. And like I was like and then Pat, dude, and how happy. Happy are you that we get to talk about Pat Dugan for hours again? God, I miss Pat Dugan. And then for a while there, and like, I don't want to be blasphemous, but for a while they're watching Loki. I know, different Marvel thing and then different Wilson brother. But I, I was getting like this vibe that, um, I mean, Pat was fine, but look, Mobius is fine. No, forget about you, Mobius. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Pat Dugan is back, and I'm sorry, but Luke is the superior Wilson brother again. I mean, it was never a question. We we knew. I mean, you just you needed to get your Wilson fix. Right, you got it. Right, so we were we were like during the time when we didn't have Pat, we were like just doing what we could to get our Wilson fix. But we have Pat back, and we're really happy uh, to have the only good. I mean, not the only good, but the best parental figure in DC TV back and oh gosh, the, yes. the only good parents in Blue Valley for sure without without a doubt which we can we can certainly get into later and especially I definitely like remind me I do want to talk about Pat's parenting in this episode Ugh, that man I mean I right. forget didn't you kind of forget how much you love I feel like I forgot the extent of my feelings for Pat Dugan because it has been when when was the season one finale? Wasn't that in it's it was a been, year ago, right? Right. Yeah, it's been a while. It has been a whole year. On a personal note, I have grown a tiny human and birthed it since we recorded. Right. <laughs> so yes, that gives finale. you an idea of how long it's been. That's how long it's been. So. It's been a while. 
So yeah, I mean, I th we can go. We'll probably go. I'm, I'm saying we can't go. Like it's not for sure that we're gonna go into the Pat Dugan of it all. Um, but we can probably start with where the episode starts because it is a choice to start season two with characters we don't know and sort of catch the audience like what is going on? Who are these people? Because I mean, considering they also introduce like the original JSA, it could be anyone. Like when, when the scene starts at the beginning, you're like, okay, this could be literally anyone. As a child, I don't know. I'm just gonna have to sit here. And I, I when they saw that, when they said the name McNider, and when they panned to the name McNider, I was like, okay, that was the one thing I was not expecting this scene to be about. And if I, I was still sitting next, really know. If I was sitting next to a person, I would have gone, <gasps> like I would have grabbed that person next to me, like what? That's a McKnighter child? Seriously? Right. right. I I just uh in in I I feel like I it's obvious that this is all set up and we're we're going back to Eclipso. But the way they've set up Eclipso, I feel is very interesting and, and probably the best way to do it because Eclipso could be a big bad, but they've like, let's go give you like a little bit of Eclipso. Um, not full on Eclipso right away. And we had talked about how Eclipso could be more of a mental challenge, like a different kind of villain. And it feels like that's exactly what they're setting up. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really, the choice that they made to make it very spooky, scary, like it was giving me, that scene was giving me horror movie vibes. And I am not a horror movie person because I'm such, <laughs> I, I get scared so easily so as much as I love Halloween and I love like certain spooky movies it's just I'm I'm so easily scared so when I was watching that opening scene I was like am I gonna be able to watch the show now what are what are we doing here but it is a choice right to make Eclipso actually scary and not laughable because in the comics like especially the like first Eclipso comics yeah the, he's pretty laughable as a villain let's be honest like if a shadow passes over bruce gordon a certain way he turns into eclipso like really so like you're at a broadway production and they have an eclipse in the play and then he turns <laughs> like that literally happens like he turns into eclipso because of a play that he went to so like this is very different right? like this this actually you you can see the uh the extent of eclipso's uh powers there right like right. you see the extent of like how much he can affect someone and it's at a very deep dark level with like corrupting a little girl right right and then i i also feel like visually and this is a conversation we've also had a, in superman and lois radio just visually this show is still the top tier of the dc tv like that what we were talking about eclipse so visually it could have looked silly just a sports master could have looked <laughs> silly and we were waiting for it to look silly and then the sportsmaster didn't and then eclipso didn't and it's just like well i guess we gotta expect that you guys can pull off and and that's gonna be super important going into episode uh two when i assume we're gonna get the the green lantern because like all of these things and all of the superheroes we're gonna introduce this season could look silly and i sort of trust the show to make them look good mm-hmm it, and it's not only what I like about the show is not only that it looks good, but they do it right. And they set up these like breadcrumbs for us to follow throughout the season. So the fact that they went with the McNider house, obviously Beth is going to be a central figure in this later with Eclipse, right? Because she has 
she still has Chuck's technology. As much as we find out that he's not really Chuck right now, she's still the owner of that technology. So I think there's going to be some sort of interest. There's going to be some sort of like showdown. Also with Eclipso. Um, Can Eclipso ooh, take I, her parents? Huh? Can Eclipso take her parents? Because I wouldn't mind. Oh, yeah. Those. <laughs> so bye. Those, do you want to talk about that right now? Because I have things to say about Beth's parents. Let's. Can we yeah, do like a quick sidebar? Let's go into it because I mean, I mean, we knew they were the worst, but like I don't. Season one was like a little bit of teasing different things and like setting up different things, and we already knew Beth's parents weren't like the greatest parents, but. I think this episode gives you an idea of the fact that they, like, I think we knew they were borderline abusive, but I think we're past borderline. Like, what are they? Like, why is she cooking dinner for them and breakfast? And, like, she she done this in season one, but, like, they, they framed it like maybe she was, like, trying to be a good kid, not as, she's literally their slave. Yeah, they framed it more in season one that she was just lonely and she was, like, having difficulty making friends, so she, like, made her parents meals that she can eat with them even when they're not physically with her but now it's like her parents don't know when it's her last day of school are you kidding me that's bananas to me like they're they're so totally emotionally checked out from their daughter and also it seems from each other and their marriage because they're as we find out are getting a divorce right and then to not, well, I mean, I think it tracks that they didn't tell Beth because they don't really appear like engaged parents. Um, but like, it, I feel so bad for her. And I, I do think this is going to come back to Chuck and what we saw at the beginning. But I feel super bad for her because her her season one journey was about finding these friends, but never really breaking into the friendship. Like, it's not the same. Like, she found friends, but she never let those friends in not really like beth is the one that stayed sort of like on the outskirts of the group uh, rick's feelings were all over the place all the time um and yolanda and courtney actually got really close the two of them like there's a moment in this episode where um uh yolanda calls courtney her best friend and th- that feels real like they're best friends and yolanda's going through a hard time and she's actually confiding in courtney but Beth is a little there, like she's having issues and they sort of try, but that's it. Like no one's pushing too hard because Beth has also not really let them in. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, like she's she's definitely, like I said, she's very alone right now. But some of that I think is self-imposed. I think some of that is just her isolating herself. And I think with her parents getting a divorce and the Chuck AI, like not recognizing her, she needs to kind of figure out who she is outside of like those relationships and seeking new friendships too. And like really letting people in that way, as you were saying. Right. Like real people, no Chuck. Yeah. That's probably the problem that she has Chuck all of season one. So she didn't have to connect with the others as much. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in a, in a way I, I feel like it's all, and again, it doesn't necessarily have to be romantic, but the way that the season is set up, I feel like it's all leading to her connecting with Rick probably first. Because, I mean, I always felt like personality-wise, she and Rick are kind of set up as the opposites. He's got all these feelings, and she pretends she has none. And then he's running around, like, 
God, <laughs> bringing Grundy like fried chicken. <laughs> what are you doing, Rick? Rick, my child. Like I remember when I didn't like him, and these things used to annoy me. But now I'm like, Rick, Rick, baby, what are you doing? Why? God. I- I think I talked about this in season one where like the way he yelled at Grundy to like go get out of here was like he was like releasing a rehabilitated animal back into the wild. So now we're kind of there again where he's like leaving food for him kind of like he's some sort of like feral animal. Um, So it's kind of like at the same time though if that's like the big thing that he's doing right now compared to where Beth is at emotionally compared to where like Yolanda is at emotionally too. I feel like Rick is somehow the most well-adjusted of the crew, which is so bizarre. How did that happen? Right. And we haven't seen his uncle again. And I assume we'll get into that mess at some point in the season, but yeah, he seems to be because I mean, as much as I was joking, he's actually doing a good thing. Like the, the, the part that's not so good is that he lied about it uh, to his friends. And then he's like, how long do you think you can keep Grundy like hidden? Rick, why are you lying? Like, you don't think someone's going to like run into Grundy? Like you're not keeping like, he's not small. And like the news are out there. He's breaking into places like um, Rick's, you know, higher brain function isn't always engaged. He's always and I, I kind of love this about Rick. And at first when he was all emotions and emotions were mostly anger, I didn't like that. But now I sort of love that Rick is the most emotional person on this show. Like he is all emotion. And that means sometimes he's not actually thinking. That's not usually the role the guy gets in a team. So go Rick for being the emotional. I'm waiting for like a how to train your dragon moment where like he and Grundy kind of like, like he places his hand on Grundy's like face or arm or something. He probably can't reach his face because of how tall he is. But like, he just put like, like he places his hand on Grundy as if to be like, Hey, we have this connection now, you know, like that's, that's where I'm totally expecting this season to go and I'm going to live for it. Right. Um, And then I mean, we have, everyone's having their issues, as you said, and Yolanda's having a lot of issues, um, a lot of issues. But, like, I, I just, I, I, I keep thinking about how these kids, and then they all have their issues, and we, we can go into Yolanda, but, like, they, all these kids have, um, they found each other, and, like, they, they're, I'm, I'm not going to say Courtney because she just transferred, but they, they didn't have a place in the school. Um, and they found each other. And was I the only one who was super mad when the principal was telling Pat and Barbara that Corny had made uh, questionable choices in the friendship department? I was like, you can like, what? And then the, the whole thing with Rick, when the teacher didn't believe he studied, I was like very mad in his, in his, like, I was like, my baby for the first time is doing things right. And you're here, like, and so when he got angry there, because I feel like in season one, Rick was a lot of, his anger was not always justified. He was just a ball of rage um, for things that had happened a long time ago. And now if he's angry because the teacher won't believe him, I'm kind of like on his side. Also, I don't think as a teacher, like you can make your student take a test again because you don't believe them. Like that's, that's really messed up. And the other thing that I got mad that teacher about is she didn't respect his name change. And she just kept calling him 
Rick Harris and he was like, it's Tyler now. And she's like, okay, Mr. Harris, which is such a dick move. That teacher is bad news. I bet that teacher also doesn't respect pronouns, so they can go away. That's what I was going to say. Someone who doesn't respect that from a white guy, a white male, is not going to respect it from a trans person or anything like that. And, like, I mean, considering we live in Blue Valley, she might as well end up being a villain. But even Mm. if she's not, she's already one. Yeah. That whole school can just burn down to the ground as far as I'm concerned. Well... Except the the department where they have like the sewing machines and Courtney can go fix her her suit and whatever that that part can stay. Yeah. Um, other than, other than that, yes. Um, but I mean, it, this was all set up for summer school, and the setup with Artem- Artemis was kind of silly. Like I get it, Courtney. They put Courtney in a in a position where she was like, "Oh, someone's coming," and. And they did it to make her seem like something wasn't coming. But in the end, it seems like someone something is coming. Like, she was <laughs> wrong. Like, despite the fact that we got Pat being the best dad ever and giving the best advice ever, in the end, Courtney was right. And that's, like, the part that's kind of annoying. Like, we don't only, we don't only have Eclipso and Cindy. We have wannabe uh, Starman, whatever, coming this, as low as possible, apparently. Um, to Blue Valley, um, so he can take like five or six episodes. I don't care. I don't. I don't want to deal with him right now. Um, but I mean, let's let's talk a little about Corny. Like, how do you how do you feel it translated from her how we ended season one to how we found her in season two? Like, did it click for you? It totally makes sense to me that she would be so hyper vigilant about patrolling because Courtney is so extra about being star girl like the fact that the the raccoon detail just really tickled me (laughs) i I enjoy a good raccoon cameo that was pretty great but also as much as we we spent so much of last season being like courtney no and she's like courtney yes so like she's still courtney yesing it up like she's gonna do what she feels like she needs to do And I think that Pat reminding her that she has a responsibility as Courtney Whitmore, too, is really important. Um, This kind of goes into, like, what I was talking about earlier with, like, how good his parenting is, man. Like, we can tell that he's trying to, like, get at this theme that could probably be a theme for this season is that there's a responsibility, yeah, that you have as a hero, but you have a responsibility as, like, you as a person and it's not just your JSA team your family is your team too so like trying to find the balance between those two sometimes disparate things is going to be really interesting to see this season I think they're really trying to set that up and it and it totally makes sense right because like they're they're another year into high school this is what we this is what people do as teenagers you're figuring out who you are where you belong and like that whole contrast of hero life and high school life I think is gonna be really interesting to see more of Right. And and I, I sort of felt that was all also set up for sort of going into the relationships between these kids as outside of their superhero personas. We actually saw more of them um, talking to each other outside of their superhero uh, personas this episode. Like um, we got a, a brief moment of the JSA together, where, which I actually enjoyed. It was it was kind of uh, how they always sort of um vibe with each other with rick being like uh do you check inside and whatever rick is like the annoying older brother and he's <laughs> still that 
but they, there was a few good moments with Corny and Yolanda, but I, I, I feel like maybe now that they've been established as heroes, uh, this season is going to be more about establishing their relationships between them, even sometimes outside of their superhero personas, which I'm going to really enjoy. Like, I... Um, I, I like I, I like the dynamics. Um, I like Courtney and uh, Yolanda a lot as friends or whatever they want to do with them. But I just I like their dynamic a lot. I love Rick as the generally grumpy older brother to all of them. Like he does that so well. Like I'm just like, please just like it's just maybe he's just grumpy. Like that, no, no, maybe yes, he is. Like has he ever smiled? Um, I but think once. yes, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to keep a counter here. Times Rick smiles like yeah, gonna. Um, but but um, if if that is the theme of the season, I think it will be a really strong theme for the season. Yeah, Rick is like the Roy Kent of this team. Like he's just <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good comparison. You wish you could grow up to be Roy Kent. I know. I hope wish. he does. You wish. Um, and we haven't talked about the fact that Cameron's back. And Cameron's looking good. I wrote that down in my notes, too. I literally wrote, oh, he looking good. Like, I have many O's. I will take a screen cap of this and send it to you because I'm exactly Cameron looks good. Freaking good. Did he and then walk I, up? Like, did he, is he working out more? Okay, obviously, right? This actor right. knows he's going to be in a suit at some point. So, right. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. Absolutely. Because he was like, I was like, whoo. And then they had to, just because when I was enjoying a little bit of, because his being, his chemistry with Corny is kind of enjoyable. We, we talked about this before. Like, that sort of is right there. And then this almost works. And the reason it doesn't totally work is because we know who he is and we know the backstory. So we're always, like, waiting for, for the other shoe to drop. Um, but just when we're getting that moment, that vibe, they don't even let me enjoy that. And, man, the grandparents are there. I was like, why are they there? Are they stopping him? Leave them alone. I want to know, okay, so the only reason why the grandparents haven't told Cameron is because they want him to be happy? Is, am I? Is that? Is that That's what, How long is that going to last? One more episode, two? Right? Like, not long. Not especially considering how the episode ends. Mm -hmm. So, because the end of... The, the last shot well we're not even gonna go into the last shot yet but like the the was what's going on at the end sets up so much of maybe the the thing with pat and courtney and the entire thing of like the balance is the setup for the emotional journey um but there's gonna be a setup for the other journey uh, of the season and then sort of oh is the jsa versus like we've always talked about the injustice society as a as a season one thing and we've always said well you don't really get rid of the injustice society right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. we are not apparently done with the injustice society i just want to add that i really like that cindy made the effort to print out pictures high quality pictures because who who in this day and age honestly how often are you printing out pictures i like 
will only print out pictures if I know I'm hanging them in my house. Other than that, I'm not printing out pictures. So she was she was serious about this. She's so extra though. She's like corny. <laughs> that level of extra. That's why I like it's so sad that she's like the bad guy because she and Courtney would really like we, we got a glimpse of it. And she, they would be really good friends because they're the same level of extra right. in everything they do. Because we would be like Cindy, no, and she's like Cindy, yes, like she she's totally that person too. You're right, right. And then with the pictures, and then I I mean we're all supposed to be like oh Mike. Um, and, and I guess that's tied to the whole conversation, Starman, not Starman, Starman from another Earth, or whatever is going on there, um, <clears throat> had with uh, presumably Mike's mom. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so here's the thing. How, let's speculate for a little bit. How are, how is Eclipso going to get Mike to be that mad and that jealous for Eclipso to like corrupt him right to turn him to the bad side right because it's going to have to be something severe so maybe it's something along the lines of like he's jealous because he can't be a superhero so he's going to turn into a super villain but maybe it's he's jealous that they're not like letting him participate in what he feels is like the family business basically mm-hmm. not as much jealous that he, he can't be a superhero but more jealous that everyone's doing this as a family and i'm not part of it what i'm more interested in is why was mike's picture there like is it just i want to cause trouble here so let's use this guy or is it because everyone else was like isa like mm-hmm. royalty kind of thing and then mike it's like, is that either coming out of nowhere or it ties back to the mom, which we don't know. And if we don't know, does Pat know? Uh, like, what what is going on? And it's Starman, Starman. Like, I, I know I'll come back to this because, but now that we know Jay Garrick is coming, like, it, doesn't that open the, the, the door to this being a, a crisis thing? And that's why we have Starman. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I mean, how... How hard is it for Pat to build Mike a little baby suit, though? Like, a little baby robot? Like, that's, that's not, he has help now. He has Zeke hanging out. He can't, you mean to tell me that you can't build Mike a little, like, baby robot suit? Like, I'm, I am not convinced about that. But, speaking of Mike, I think we did get kind of a hint in season one when Jordan says, like, oh, take care of Mike, too, because we can't leave a legacy running around. So I think right. that, like, we're supposed to think, like, well, Mike is a legacy, too. So whether he goes hero or villain, he's already, like, meant to be a part of this battle. Right. Which kind of, again, goes into the we we hadn't seen. We don't know enough about Pat's life before the show started. So before Barbara. So, um, and then that brings up, why would they cast and bring in his ex-wife if it wasn't for, like, a big reason? Um, and then what does Starman have to do with it? it? It just it just feels like a bunch of clues that they're dropping, not for now, but maybe for the back half of the season. Because they don't seem like things are going to get resolved anytime soon. Like, there are bigger problems. And by bigger, I don't even mean just Grundy, who's there and big. 
um, but bigger issues they, they have to deal with. Um, I, I presume Cameron is going to be a big issue like soon. And then they we have we haven't talked about Yolanda's basic PTSD. She she's mm. going to confession and not saying anything because she can't. She's sitting there. Her parents are still being. Uh, I I don't understand her parents because she's basically uh, leaving the house every night to go patrol with Courtney. She was at the Dugans for Christmas. It just her parents are not computing. Even do they really not know she is out of the house every night because then like they are the worst latino parents ever like my mom had a radar like i'm pretty sure like either she had a gps on me or she could feel me because she knew when i was out of the out of the house out of my room like she could feel <laughs> me so I'm, i'm judging her parents a little bit here yeah i uh for yolanda because she had such a like distinct identity before the nude picture leak that we saw in season one and now she has this like wildcat thing and she like loves being wildcat for the most part but she still feels so much guilt about what she did as wildcat and then she feels guilt about letting her family down so it's like i think we're gonna see this season how she's gonna work through that guilt and like does she know who she is without guilt Like, because it feels like she's just been harboring this guilt for so long like can she break out of it you know Right, that, that's an interesting way of putting it. Like, does she know who she is without the guilt? Um, I, I don't think so. I don't, I don't. And it'd be interesting to see who she comes out being on the other side once she can sort of deal with her guilt. And I, I do think, even though she's not, she's going to confession and she's not saying anything, um, I feel like the fact that she's going and she's talking to Courtney, and she was pretty honest with Courtney, um, something very weird for a superhero show like first episode she was in line to courtney about what she was feeling um courtney is her biggest connection emotional connection right now um and she was being honest so that that to me uh means that they're gonna sort of deal with that head on because it's not like yolanda is hiding how she's feeling um the one who's sort of hiding her issues might be bad but i think that these kids pretty much see through each other. Like, they all know where the other one's at. They all know Courtney is losing it with no supervillains around. They all know who Rick is. Like, they all know each other. Maybe the only secret is that Grundy is out there. But I also don't think anyone's really going to be mad at Rick. So I don't even know why he's keeping that secret. If anyone had a right to decide if Grundy lived or died, it was Rick. Mm -hmm. So if they all find out Grundy's alive, where are they going to think he's a softie? They already know Rick. I'm sorry to tell you. They already know. They already, they know he has a soft heart deep beneath the rage. Again, he's, he is the Roy Kent of Stargirl, you know? Um, God, that is, like, I'm going to make a meme of that or something. That is the best. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I want to talk briefly about Yolanda saying, like, I'm pretty sure Ted Grant would never do what I did. Girl, I'm pretty sure he would. Like, you didn't research your mentor enough, I feel, because Ted Grant totally would have done what you did. Okay? So don't feel bad about that. I think Yolanda needs to, she just needs to take the time to work through um, all of her PTSD from what happened in season one. Right. And uh, just as they are setting up the emotional journeys, which I think they are, I think that's where Yolanda's going. I feel like there are a couple of things in this episode that are clear setups that I don't actually like. For example, Courtney tells the staff at one point, and I wrote it down, you'll never quit on me, will you? 
Why? Mm -hmm. As soon as she said that, I was like, stab me through the heart. <laughs> the staff is going to quit on her. Why? Why? And then I keep thinking, Starman is coming. And I was like, staff, if you choose Starman, oh my God. I will murder you, staff. I know you're not alive, but I'm going to be mad. And then um, that random person, Corny, bumps into in the cafeteria just before um, Artemis. I was like, mm -hmm. "You don't? There are no random people in Blue Valley. So who are you?" Right. Okay. So because I don't believe in random. Um, and then just the Artemis setup in general. Like we know we're gonna see Tigress and Sportsmaster again. Angie's faves. Mm -hmm. um, so their baby girl. Like well, we know what Cindy wants out of her. Um, I I do hope we go into her being like I know she's probably gonna be a villain for a little bit, but I do hope we go into her being a hero sometime soon. Yeah, like, they've been teasing Artemis for such a long time. Like that payoff needs to happen soon. I we've been waiting, you know. Also, okay, like we talked about with season one. They're bringing in a lot of characters and they're spending time and the right times, I feel like, developing and introducing them, right? So the end of this episode, we get Green Lantern's daughter. Super exciting. So, okay, you're Green Lantern's daughter, but you need you didn't need to break into someone's house. Like, you could have just knocked on the door, girl. What do you... It's not... Right? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I I know these are kids and we're supposed to be a lot of, like, uh, teenagers. And I can do that with a lot of Rick and even Courtney's, like, emotional ups and downs. But, like, the breaking into someone's house, like, I don't get it. Like, and then I, I'm probably going to be upset because there's probably going to be a little of, Courtney, why are you reacting the way you reacted? Uh in the next episode and i'm gonna be like but she broke into she broke house. <laughs> why are we getting up on courtney you're like if someone breaks into the house that's how i want you to react she's lucky that courtney didn't have like mace at her bedside because there would be like pepper spray all up in someone's face if someone broke into my house to right? take something Right, like the the JSA members, like the new generation of JSA members, just need to find better ways to communicate and come together. Because this has been a bit bumpy. So kids, please, maybe what we need is Jay Garrick, an older uh, mm -hmm. hero, to come teach some lessons here. When is he coming? Episode nine. It's too far away. Ah, uh, what really? Yes, that's, that's what uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. We Plus got they have the shade Twitter. coming up, right? Like, how right, are you going to yeah. introduce the shade without the flash? Because those two go together. I don't know. I don't know. But we are going to get the shade before we get the flash. You um, have to because they teased him so, like, they teased him so heavily in the season finale. There's no way they're waiting to bring out the shade. Like, he's, the shade is coming. Yeah. and But it, does it feel to you like the shade is also going to be, like, who do you think would be the main villain of the season is it going to be eclipso is it going to be the shade is it going to be cindy i doubt it mm -hmm. uh, so air quotes on her um is it going to be starman or whoever he is i th maybe eclipso will like create the most issues for the team but like the shade can be like the 
the more like cosmic. Oh, no, maybe I should flip it. Maybe Eclipse will be the more like cosmic villain and the shade will create the most like emotional conflict. It's going to be one of the two, right? Like one of them is going to create the most emotional conflict. The other one's going to create the most like havoc among the city. Right. Or like the or the world, like like in season one, we figured out like they were <laughs> targeting like the Midwest or something. So like one of these villains has to be the bigger one. One of them has to be more of like the emotional villain. So I'm not sure which is which. I, I, I think it's probably, yeah, I think it's probably going to be Eclipso who they consider the big bad, especially because we're not seeing Eclipso, especially because of the first scene, I guess, because the setup is for Eclipso to be sort of like the root of all the issues. Um, I, I still don't know how that ties to the dude formerly known as Starman and, um, the the kids and Artemis and whatever and Cameron. God, is it too much to believe? Like if we, we know Artemis is probably gonna be someone who ends up being a hero. Um mm-hmm. that's sort of we we've read the comics, like we've seen the animated shows, so we know that's probably where that's going. So is it too much to ask for the same for Cameron? Like is Aww. it? I like, know. He's such a sweet kid. Um, and like he's done absolutely nothing to say he's gonna be a villain. Like, and then they sort of redeem Henry Jr. in one episode after he was really, really bad for a while. Um, and so I just I I I don't want Cameron to end up being so evil, especially because I feels in season two they gotta start setting up uh, some romance here or there and then he is the only one who's got like an established romance with Courtney and mm-hmm. I just feel like if that goes south getting Courtney through that is gonna be like like hard also like Cindy is trying to recruit Cameron and Mike what's Cameron gonna do when he finds out it's Mike that ran over his dad right it wasn't Courtney right I hadn't thought of that yeah yeah, Courtney and, and Yolanda were busy, like, jumping off buildings for each other. Oh, Which, again, God. like, if you want to pause the Cameron and Courtney thing and go for uh, Yolanda and Courtney, Andy and I won't complain here. No complaints. We would love it. We would love it. So, just putting that out there. Starcat forever. Yes, and that is actually the best ship name. Like, <laughs> Um... But yes, um, I think it was a very enjoyable first episode that sets up a very good season. Like, we were a little worried about the move to the CW. We're not going to lie. The CW has given us such gems as Arrow um, and whatever has been going on in the Flash lately. So, I mean, I think we had right right to <laughs> I like how we both are completely checked out of these, like, other shows at this point. I haven't watched... I haven't watched any CW show other than Superman and Lois, but that's because I signed up for that other podcast. So, right. So yes, I I, I think like I've enjoyed uh, Superman and Lois, especially in the last few weeks. I think Star Girl is without a doubt the best show in the CW. Uh, I haven't watched Kung Fu, uh, but I'm still gonna say that because I haven't watched the other one that everyone says is good, and I might now that it, the first season is over. Um, but yeah, the CW, it's not like there's a, a big fight here between good shows and the CW, so it's not, not like so hard to say that. But um, I, I think we kept 
I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we kept the, the writing staff from season one. Like, it feels like um, the characters are the same characters we know. Mm-hmm. Like, the people writing them know the characters. So that's a good thing. And that bodes well for the season to come. Do we know how many episodes they have for season two? They didn't make it, like, 22, did they? I think it's 13. Oh, thank God. That's what we were hoping for, right? Like, we talked about this last season. Like, with the move to the CW, we do not want those 24-episode seasons. That's just, it's too much. And the quality was so good in season one. There's just no, there's no need for those filler episodes at all. Like, they're doing It's 13, and I hope they do 13 for the the season three that we already know we're getting. Like, 13 seems like a very good number so far, especially if we're going to spend the first half of the season in summer school, quote-unquote, because the episodes are called summer school chapter one, two, three, four, five, and I think six. Mm -hmm. Um, So if we're going to spend half the season in summer school, then, um, and then I, I assume that means that starting seven, things are going to pick up and we're going to get like probably the dude who is or might not be Starman. And then, um, but I, I kind of want to enjoy summer school. Like I've never enjoyed summer school in yeah. real life, but in this case, I want to have the first six episodes and sort of enjoy our summer school. And with these kids who are probably going to, have a hard time the last seven episodes so let them have like a little time for friendship and whatever um maybe a little bit of a hint at romance like i don't need full-on romance but angie and i have already been very clear about our preferences if romance is coming um we will adjust whatever uh expectations we have if something else happens but Mm -hmm. i will say again that Though I don't love Courtney and Cameron, I could get behind that. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I would love it if he ended up being evil. Like I don't want some Romeo and Juliet kind of stuff. It's not what I want. Um, and I will take Courtney with Yolanda. Like, where do I sign? Forget about everything else. Um, and then the other thing you they can probably do and should probably do if they're gonna go with, for romance and within the team is Beth and Rick. Cause yeah. that is, um. I think not just a dynamic that works, it's just it would be going against the typical thing a show would do, which would be Rick and Courtney. And Rick and Courtney would be horrible together. Like, it would kill each other. Courtney would no. kill Rick in 0.3 seconds. So, like, I don't even know if there's someone who ships them because I just... that They got so much sibling energy. There's so much sibling energy between those two actors. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they would not. They would just combust as a couple because it's Courtney, yes, meeting Rage. And that just doesn't. Those two don't go together. <laughs> right, right. And then um, Beth and, and Rage could probably be like, they're probably, Beth needs a little Rage in her life. Like she needs mm-hmm. to, to find some ways of standing up for herself against everyone and like just in, in just as Rick needs to find like some even keel balance in his life and his emotions. Uh, so they would probably balance each other out really well. Beth needs to stop relying on Tupperware to tell her feelings. Right. Okay. Right. It's like, and I probably, she's probably such a good cook. And who leaves divorce papers lying around? Like, what? were they shine for her to find? Like, they, they were there. Like, she cleans the house. She cooks. <laughs> 
Poopy, you wouldn't have to tell her? Just leave the papers there? She'll find them? Her parents are the worst. You couldn't then- leave those in your briefcase? You couldn't leave those in your office? Like, you had... <laughs> oh, God. They really are the worst parents because they're the most absent parents. At least the villain parents are, like, kind of invested. Like, we talked about how Sportsmaster and Tigers are super invested in Artemis. Like, they're actually, like, emotionally there for their kid. But these parents, they're just not there at all. Right. Yeah, Sportsmaster and Tigers are be- better parents they're probably in jail now, so it's like that's hard, but they're still better parents. Right. Even parents. even imprisoned, they are still better parents than the chapels. Yeah. <laughs> um so yes, I think we really enjoyed the first episode of Stargirl season two, and that 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 means that bodes well for what yeah. we're gonna have coming forward. I'm excited for episode two through 13 now that I, I should, probably should have looked that up before. But as I said, I now have a tiny human that I'm taking care of. So I did right. not look yes. that up before. You, you have a tiny human, so you let me worry about Googling how many episodes there are. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. And in the meantime, you can visit stargirlpodcast.com for all the latest news about the Stargirl show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Stargirl Podcast as well. You can subscribe to Stargirl Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, hit us up with some five-star reviews. Don't forget that we're part of the DCTV Podcast Network with podcasts for all the DC shows at dctvpodcast.com. Follow the network on social media at DCTV Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Last but not least, subscribe to our mega feed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. DCTV Podcast has its own tea public store, so if you're interested in DCTV-related merchandise, click, click on the link in the show notes and get some awesome gear, as it does help support the network so we can continue to make these podcasts. If you have any questions or thoughts about Stargirl, email us at stargirlpodcast at gmail.com. We are going to try to do these things while checking the email this year. Right. Okay. See yes. you next time. <laughs> Bye.